fans, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Shrewsbury's podcast with me, Johnny Drury, and your Salop correspondent, Ollie Westbury. And I think we've got a, a little bit to talk about this week, not just about what's going on on the pitch, but also what has happened off the pitch in the last 24 hours. The rotten run for the club has ended with Matt Taylor being sacked as manager. We're going to talk about all that potential successes. We're going to go over Taylor's reign and talk about what went wrong, answer all your questions and look ahead to next week's game, all with our, our expert, Ollie Westbury. As we said, he's alongside me now or opposite me from a computer screen looking pretty tired after what I, I imagine, Ollie, has been a pretty busy 48 hours for you, pal. Yeah, 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 it has. Uh, I got back from Peterborough probably 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock back from Peterborough on Saturday night. Um, yeah, uh, and obviously the news broke, didn't it, uh, in, in, around lunchtime yesterday. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been busy time. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty much working till six seven o'clock last night and then you know back up again it is that is the way of 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 the sports journalist i'm afraid <laughs> whenever the news happens you have to yeah you just have to take it and maybe you know try and get some time back at some other time but you know i don't think it's possible going to be possible this week because i think we're expecting it to be quite a busy week aren't we so i imagine it's going to be yeah yeah it's yeah, be, yeah. Uh... so so there you go. Yes, very busy, very busy. This is the second time that we're recording this podcast after we just started, and a parcel came for me, didn't it? So we're uh, we're at, we're we're having, it's our second time recording, isn't it, Johnny? It is. Yeah, it is. The uh, the parcel man, whoever he was, from whatever company was, yeah. Just as we started the podcast, he decided to interrupt. But luckily, it wasn't halfway through the podcast because we've got, as we said, we've got a lot to talk about, um, yeah. and we're going to start with. Obviously, start with the the obvious news that Matt Taylor has been relieved of his duties as Shrewsbury Town Manager. You know, it was something that a lot of fans wanted for for quite a while, um, and it was something that felt like it was on the card. Seven defeats in in the last eight games in all competitions. The statement come out from Shrewsbury um, on Sunday. As soon as you see that uh, that uh, stock picture of the corner flag you, with a club statement underneath, yeah. you know that you know that something's going to be ominous. Yeah, it's um, a now, isn't it? It's like corner flags, isn't it? Corner flags, yeah. It's either corner flags, or I think it, it generally is corner flags or stadium pictures. But the Shrewsbury <laughs> statement come out. I'm just going to read out the statement, actually. Um, is regret that Shrewsbury Town have decided to part company with head coach Matt Taylor. Uh, Matt arrived at the Crowd Meadow in June and has always conducted himself with professionalism and integrity. But following a run that has seen us lose seven of our last eight games, the club feels a change is needed to provide results and performances on the pitch. Um, alongside Matt, assistant head coach Marcus Bigner has also left the club. Um, the club offered their best wishes and said the search for a new head coach um, is underway, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the episode. But Ollie, um, fans would have seen the video that you put out yesterday, which I thought summed it up pretty well. Um, and we'll talk about about sort of that topic you were on about in terms of it's never nice to see someone lose their job, especially someone like Matt Taylor, who, who was always a, a pleasure to deal with. I know I had to deal with him a couple of times when you were off, but it seems like his sacking was... You know, we'll talk about the timing of it in a minute because that's something that I've sort of raised with the off podcast. But it seems like it was maybe been inevitable now for for a few weeks. It, it looked very hard to see how it was going to turn around, and and this is you know ultimately what happens when you lose seven out of out of eight games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it seems horrible to say, but that we're not. That there's not been 
For example, when um, when Blues sacked John Eustace, there was a complete kind of result revolt within the fan base, wasn't there? How they, you know, they didn't want him gone. They thought it was ridiculous that he's gone. That there's not really been any of that, really, has there? I think most people seem to think it was perhaps the right time, um, and that you know it had gone as far as it had gone, um, and maybe was beyond the point of repair. Um, yeah. Um, it pro yeah maybe 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 it was the right time you know um, but it still doesn't make it any easier you know I, my first reaction yesterday when the news broke was like I was just completely I was I was gutted um, just for him more than anything I have spoken uh, to Matt since actually um, I spoke to him I messaged him yesterday uh, and as you would expect from somebody who conducted himself uh, with kind of complete integrity the whole way through. Um, he responded in, in, in a way that you'd expect him to. Um, he sent me a really nice message, actually. So, um, yeah, I, I was just 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 gutted for him, really. Um, disappointed to see him go, um, and and it's a shame it's not worked out. You know, at, at first a young coach, um, a coach I think that you know the likes of Mickey Moore had really kind of high expectations through. But I mean, I wrote in that comment piece yesterday. It feels as if he was kind of destined to fail. Kind of stepping into the shoes of someone like Steve Cottrell, who is evidently a fan favourite, isn't he? Um, oh, I almost wrote yesterday, loved by the fans. I'm not sure it's perhaps loved by the fans, but the fans were were really, really keen on on Steve Cottrell. Um, so he had to come into that shadow. He had to come in on the back of a, a fairly successful season last year, 12th highest finish in, sorry, second highest finish in 33 years. So. That kind of, that kind of, you know, it's, it was always going to be difficult. I mean, there's these so-called budget changes or budget cuts. I mean, we, this is what we're being told that the budget's different and all that. So they've got that to contend with. You know, we'll have to wait to see the accounts to kind of see the extent of the financial uh, problems that Shrewsbury find themselves in. Until we see them, we just have to kind of, I suppose, at the moment, take what the club tells us on on face value um but but so yeah so he, he's kind of dealing with that um obviously coming in off the back of of Cottrell uh, and such a huge turnover in personnel new coach new model uh, new director of football and kind of the biggest thing is is to kind of uh, the lack of um communication from the top about perhaps why the changes that were that were made in the summer that, that were made which perhaps fans struggled to get their head around why the team was um kind of getting worse on the field not getting worse but you know the, the expectations had changed you know what's a successful season for this season town will probably staying in the league whereas obviously last season we were pushing up trying to get in the top half so I think fans confused as to why it's changed so I think because of that the tolerance level's less um, and I think that's why we are where we are and why we find ourselves in this position right now. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of questions to come from it, you know, you know, if buts and maybes and, you know, hindsight and stuff. But you talk there, didn't you? One of my points that I've got written down, was there too much, you know, too much change? You know, you've brought in a director of football and model at Shrewsbury, haven't used before, but he's, he's universally really used, not just in English football now or, or, or across the UK, it's used across, you know, Europe and the world. That's that's. That's the model that a lot of clubs go with. That was changed. You know, that was obviously head of changing the head of recruitment um, and that model. And then bringing in, you know, Matt Taylor, who was a relatively young coach and, you know, learned lessons from Walsall um, in the time that he had there. Was it just, 
you know, I, I don't want to say set up to fail or destined to fail because I'll come on to the players because I think the players have also got to take responsibility as well. But was there almost too too much change for a young coach, if you know what I mean? You know, Matt Taylor, someone who's relatively young in his managerial career. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to. You can get, I mean, the old the old phrase. You can, you can look into it in whatever detail that that you know. Was there too much change? I mean, there was an awful lot of change, wasn't there? Um, there was a, there was a great deal of change. Um, so, I mean, obviously it's not worked out. So you'd argue that maybe there was, but maybe the change was needed. Uh, maybe they needed to go in a different direction for whatever reasons. You know. Um, what was the statement from the chairman in the summer, you know, like safeguarding the future of the football club. So it's hard, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. There were lots of changes made regardless. Wasn't the directors of football, heads of recruitment brought in, Tom Ware, kind of a new assistant. I mean, that's another thing um, with obviously Marcus Vignett coming in as Matt Taylor's, Matt Taylor's assistant. Now we understand he's a long-standing friend of Mickey Moore. So it's kind of perhaps slightly odd to have, um, a head coach without choosing his own kind of assistant. I gather that that Marcus Bignett came in with a reputation of being an excellent coach. Um, so you can kind of sort of see the logic to it, but kind of you need, as a, as a head coach, you need your own man, don't you? You would have thought. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know what kind of issues that that caused on and off the field. Um, so, yeah, it was... It just feels like the perfect storm, really, and it's just not worked, has it? It's just it's not worked to this stage, and that's now what kind of leaves us in a position where now it's the 22nd of January as we record this podcast, and after recruiting a new manager in the summer, Shrewsbury are now on the lookout for a new head coach or manager, whichever they prefer. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it feels a little bit not deja vu, but obviously looking for a a second manager of the season is you know is Matt Taylor. When, when a manager is sacked and they, they're going to run like this, you know, the buck does stop ultimately with the manager or the head coach. But how much of the blame should he take for, you know, what's happened? You know, we see a lot of fans on social media sort of taking aim at Mickey Moore and the director of football and the recruitment side of things. But then also as well, I think I think the people who sometimes get off, not scot-free, but get off quite lightly, are the players as well? Do the players have to take some responsibility for this? Or the, I suppose ultimately the players have to take responsibility with every sacking, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say the players are, are, are probably, probably just maybe as culpable. Um, they've not, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. The player, the players do, do, do need to take, take responsibility. Uh, everybody, everybody, there is blame. It's not just Matt Taylor's fault. He, him, and Marcus Bigner have paid for it with their jobs. But it's not just. It's not. It's not like okay. This was all all a Matt Taylor problem, uh, and it's all a Marcus Bigner problem. There there are a variety of factors, but they're the ones that are expendable, and they're the ones that, as it goes with football, in his very the very last question that I asked Matt was about. He said to me that he knows and he is aware that it's. I think the phrase he said was, "It's his head that will roll." Um, if results aren't good enough, and and that is the truth of the, of the matter, isn't it? You know, director of footballs is a particularly what is it? Is it? It's a safer job, isn't it? It's a more secure yeah. job. You might get, you know, eventually if 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 results and stuff aren't, you know, you hire two or three managers, they don't work out, and you keep signing players, and they keep being disasters. Then eventually your head will be on the chopping block too. But you generally get a bit more time as a director of football than you do 
you know, as a manager. Um, and so, yeah, it, it feels like they are, I suppose, I would say the four guys, but that, that they're carrying the can for it. They're the ones that have paid the price with their jobs. And I would have thought that, although I, I do think that, and I, I kind of stand by the point that I made on the podcast last week, that I do think they could have got more out of the players. And I've always felt that, um, that they didn't, they didn't probably didn't get quite enough out of them. And ultimately like results, result, the results business is what they're in, but there's no way that you can attribute all the blame to what, to, 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 to one or two people. I think, uh, yeah, it's quite a lot of it. It's quite a lot of it out there. Yeah. It's, it's really not helped. Yeah, in terms of timing, is something that I, I was on my mind yesterday, Ollie. That, you know, you went to, you know, Peterborough looked like they're sort of set to, to return to the championship um, if they carry on as they're going. You know, it, I know Salop took the lead through Jordan Shipley, uh, but it was a game that really the, the, the realistic possibility of Salop winning was pretty low. It's the timing of it that confuses me. Yes, that is the seventh defeat in the last eight games, but. If it was going to happen, I thought it might have happened after Stevenage last week. Is that something that you know you've maybe thought about, or is it um, is it just no. you know it's got to a point now where a decision has to be made now, regardless of if they've just lost to to one of the league's big boys? No, I, I don't think it matters, does it? I, I think that yeah, I, I, I don't think. I thought they played well against Peterborough, and, and I know fans have disagreed with me on that, but that's just my opinion. I thought they were good in the first half. You know, Peterborough deserved to win. I'm not saying that Shrewsbury deserved to win, like by no means, but actually we we turned up to London Road and, and we competed with them. We kind of we tried to press them at times. We 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 created some chances, probably not quite the clear cut chances that we would have liked, but we had some efforts. Uh, and in that, especially in that first half, we were a threat. Probably not so much in the second half. We kind of tired and we we kind of lost our way a little bit. Um, and there's obviously an analysis piece online specifically about the game um, on Saturday. So, yeah, um, I kind of I see where I see I see what you mean about that. I, I think if you'd have asked Matt Taylor, he would have always said like it doesn't matter who it's against. Like I, I believe that we've got a chance to go there and get a result, and he would have rather have the game against Peterborough than not had it. And you know, in football, like you you. You're not expected. You're not expected to go there, but they could have gone there and got a point, couldn't they? You know, I don't think that's like beyond the realms of possibility that Town could have gone there, kept things tight, nicked a goal, only conceded one and got a point, and that would have been a good result. Um, you know, they've been to places like Wickham and stuff, and, and obviously got a win this season on the road. Um, so I feel like it, it, it. That that's that's kind of my 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 thoughts on it is that that's do. I mean, they're Peterborough, for God's sake. They're not. They're not. They're not Manchester City. They are. They're Peterborough, but they've got some decent players, and they're a decent side. But they're not. They're not unbeatable at all by any means, of, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So, that, that, I suppose that would be my reaction to it. Really, is that you know, they're not. We're not. They're not playing the World Eleven uh, on Saturday, where they're guaranteed to lose. They could quite. They could. Not quite easily. I mean, the percentage chance and the statistics and the probability of them getting results probably lower than if they went to Cheltenham, but they still they still could get a result and 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 and, and yeah, they did. No, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I think you sort of articulated it quite well there, Ollie. In terms of you know the way we've talked earlier, or I've talked in other podcast, is that maybe Taylor was on a hide into nothing really with all the changes that happened and on the back of like you said that you know a successful season last season but was there ever points where you thought it was going to click and work and 
you know, early on, we had a, we had a fan get in touch, or, or, or I was listening to a fan, I might have been on the radio, and I referenced it last week, that, you know, the start of the season, it looked there was a, there was a style of play there that they were trying to play out from the back, and then, you know, in, in this, this recent dreadful run, and even before that, there was sort of many question marks around what Shrewsbury were actually trying to do, and, you know, the, the lack of entertainment, you know, it wasn't, it was less than pretty to watch. Um, but do you think there was ever a time where it, it, it could have worked or was it just, you know, throughout this short Matt Taylor reign, it just didn't look like it was going to get off the ground or, or get going? No, I think it was OK to start with. I think, obviously, I mean, the, the specific moments in the season, isn't there, that you kind of look at and think, right, yeah, 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 OK. So I, the things that I remember, and I put them in that tweet when I wrote my comment piece yesterday, September, September was a tough month. We didn't score a goal in September. So that's the first kind of thing. I mean, that's fairly, you know, we're into the start of the season. Obviously, there was the trend at the start of the season where we kept conceding in the second half of games. Um, that was that's right near the start of the season, which was a which was like a concern, like towards the back end of games we were conceding. So there was that. And then, but I think it was a bit up and down. It was a bit inconsistent. It was a little bit streaky. But I think I, I don't necessarily think as as we have seen. Um, some comments about obviously Matt said last week, you know, that at the start of the season we were playing free flowing football. I don't think that that's quite the case. I think we were trying to play a bit more, um, but we were struggling to score goals. And I think you have to adapt. And I think they tried to adapt to that. Um, the turning point for me was Blackpool away. Uh, I feel like the narrative changed that day with the fans and kind of their response to it, it was a bad defeat. Um, but I think at that stage there, I think there was a lot of Shrewsbury fans there. I think it was like 800 there, and and they were they were unhappy with what they saw at Blackpool, and from that moment onwards, it felt like Matt really did need a run to kind of get himself back on track, um, and, and that was something that you know, although there are a few a few decent weeks, I mean I can remember the week where is it we got point point to Exeter, um, I think there was a, the game where did we go to Notts County on the Friday night and we beat them three two in the FA Cup, so. And yeah, and then a, a win at Wickham. So there were games in and amongst it that you know that were decent uh, and that were promising, but it, it, we just we just weren't consistent enough. And it kind of felt like it felt like a case of of, of, of when, not if. To be honest, um, you know, they just weren't able to string enough consistent results together to kind of yeah to get to get to get Shrewsbury to get the fans back on side. Because from that point onwards, you probably got to have like a you know, a run of, you know, three or four, four wins on the trot to kind of really get yourselves looking, looking up the league, um, which was not really the case. And yeah, now we find ourselves in this position where they're looking for a new head coach. Yeah, in this position, um, again, and, and just sort of wrapping it up, really, just a statement from me, you know, what Ollie says, you know, but we wish Matt Taylor all the best, you know, was, you know, showed a lot of integrity um, in the job. And, you know, that's not something you can say for all all managers when they leave positions, but he was a, a really good guy and, and you know, hopefully he does go on and do do something else. But the managerial um, eyes are now, are now on who Shrewsbury are going to bring in. There's been one name that fans brought up in the summer. They've been bringing him up, bringing him up again in the last 24 hours. And we're going to talk about, about you know, what you know who we're talking about. We're going to talk about him in a second. But there has, as there always is when, there's a managerial change. A lot of names are banded about. I'm just going to read a few of them now um, that have gone around on social media and, and have seen sort of online. And, and they're quite 
A few of them are quite ambitious. I'm um, just looking at uh, um, through betting list and odds, but just some random names to pick out. The likes of Michael Duff, who's recently left Swansea, uh, managing the championship. Nigel Pearson, and that's an obvious link given his, his links to Salah and being a former player. Um, Gareth Ainsworth is another one as well. He's had a championship job. Uh, Matt Sadler, some people have, uh, have talked about, who's obviously former Salah man, former Salah favourite captain, who's doing really well um, down at Walsall. Michael Flynn, someone else who has previously been linked with the Shrewsbury job. His name's been mentioned. And there's some obvious ones um, around the division area. Around uh, where the likes of Lee Johnson, um, for example, um, Simon Grayson, Scott Brown, someone who's managed to lead one as well. But the, all the talk, Ollie, is about one man, one man who has brought success to Shrewsbury in the past. And probably we talk about that successful season more um, more and more these days as South fans reminisce about what happened back um, when they almost got to the championship under um, Paul Hurst who is without a job at the moment after being dismissed at Grimsby earlier in the season. Um, all eyes, all the talk is on Hurst. And he looks like, you know, certainly from a fan's point of view, he's the one that they want back at the Craig Meadow to try and turn this around. Yeah, I just said 80% of fans seem pretty content, uh, happy with Paul Hurst from uh, what you can see online uh, and the reaction that you see. Um so yeah, he is the bookies' favourite, isn't he? Um, so yeah, um, you know, I've been digging all morning trying to get updates. I'm, I'm hoping I do have an update at some point. Um, I'm not going to reveal it on the podcast because I need 100% confirmation about where Trujillo going with this manager search. But I've been looking all morning for kind of information on who the new the new boss is going to be. Um, so hopefully, in terms of Hurst, Dolly, kind of, you know. If you look at him at the moment, he's out of work. Um, he's someone that's loved by the fans. You know, yeah, I know Trish when he left, I know won't, when he, be, won't be paying compensation. I know no, that. No, that's no. it. And they're in a position like that. You know, he's someone that we know from. You know, when he left, kind of left on a little bit of a cloud in terms of with the former chief executive Brian Coldwell. I know there was a lot of things said in the press, but from what you know, this is just from what I understand from talking to Shrewsbury fans in the past. You know, he's still very highly thought of by the chairman Roland Witchley. You know. He's going to be because of what he did in that, you know, in that season and, and turning things around at Shrewsbury, and he made them sort of dream of of championship football. It kind of that name, even though we don't know what's going to happen in, in the next 24, 48 hours, kind of makes someone like that would make sense. The only trepidation that I've seen from some fans is that, and this is maybe a maybe a bit of a cynic sometimes. Um, is it ever the same when someone goes back? I'm sure sometimes it is, um, but will there be if he, if, for example, say he was appointed, you know? There can't be the expectation that he can do what he did last time straight away. I'm sure the remit at the moment is just to stay in the division. Yeah, well, he 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 will if if it is to be Paul Hurst or you know, then he he will be risking his kind of reputation, um, you know, at Shrewsbury, won't he? By by if he accepts the job or you know if it does end up being him, um, because obviously his stock is currently as high as it possibly can be. It would. Shrewsbury fans, whereas we know that most football managerial appointments normally end with the sack, don't they? Yeah. So, you know, it's not the same Shrewsbury squad of, of that season where they finished third. You know, it's all very different. So, yeah, um, I, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I kind of feel like, yeah, but, you know, about... Obviously, yeah, like you say, the credentials are there. You know, he's got the history. He's done it at Shrewsbury before. It's a club that he knows. Obviously, it's probably a little bit different this time around. Um, but but I think you, what do you think expectations like? Is because what, what where, where do you think what do you think fans will expect? Because do they think that 
because Paul Hurst coming back that next season will be having a, a, a clock at the trying to get into the playoffs because obviously last time he was here that's what we did but yeah I don't think I think I think that'll be the case I think level-headed supporters, you know, there'll always be some of the expectation. It happens at every club. Expectation is beyond what it should be. But I think obviously this season is it's just staying. Any any manager that comes in, whether it is Hurst or whether it is someone else, is staying in the division. Next season, you know, you've got to maybe be trying to look to push for, you know, I know we talk, we'll come on to the budget stuff which come out of the Parliament last week. That's fair enough. But you've got to be setting an ambition of maybe mid-table or, or just below mid-table. But there can't be that expectation. You know, the expectation going into... That, I think it was 16th, 17th, fans will shout at me and correct me if I'm wrong, but when they finished third and got in the playoffs, the expectation was never to do that. The expectation probably wasn't even to get in the playoffs that season, you know, yeah, yeah. let alone let alone go and do what they did and get to the, the final of the year, for trophy as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's just what it's going to be. And I'm sure it will. I'm sure, you know, the majority of fans will see that the football landscape and Shrewsbury's position at the moment is very different to what it was back then. And there are a lot of caveats, you know, that season he did very well. They had really, really good loan players from bigger clubs, etc. Um, but I think there will, there will be a little bit of expectation, but maybe not as high as, you know, in terms of what he achieved um, yeah, what he yeah. achieved last time. One question, Ollie, that I have seen some supporters ask, and we've had a couple in today, is Hurst, if it is Hurst coming in to, to work under the director of football model, uh, which some have pointed out that he hasn't done before. We know that some maybe experienced managers maybe don't like working under that model. Do you think do you think whoever it would be that would sort of um, be an issue at all? Obviously, Mickey Moore's here at the moment. He's there to stay at the moment because that's the model that Shrewsbury are going with. But is that going to be an issue with any manager? You know, the managers that I listed there in terms of contenders are all pretty experienced managers. Um, so given that it's so early into this new you know, way of working that Shrewsbury are doing, do you, do you foresee that being any sort of issue at all with whoever it may be? Well, uh, that'll be a question to ask, wouldn't it? I mean, whoever whoever the manager's going to be, from what we gather, they're going to have to work under Mickey Moore, aren't they? Or work under or work with Mickey Moore, you know, as director of football. So, um, you know, whenever the new manager's unveiled, that'll be one of the first questions said. Or first questions asked of you, well, what do you make of working with the director of football? And then, you know, it's their choice then to kind of, you know, explain explain whether they feel they can do it. You would expect them to say yes, they can do it because that's the that's the right answer, isn't it? Not the truthful answer, but obviously that's often the way the things work, isn't it? That um, so so yeah, that's that that will be that only time will tell on that one. Um, so yeah, only t- only time will tell on it. But but yeah, it's a, it's a valid point. Yeah, it's definitely a valid point. Whether yeah. what the situation will be around around the fine print of the details and, you know, if there is a manager and will, will the manager be a head coach or will they be a manager? You know, like we've just have gone for a head coach. I would have said that if we're still going to have a director of football, then you would have thought that the, the manager with all the new, it'll be a new head coach rather than a new manager. You would have thought because the manager does everything, doesn't they? Sign-ins. That, so, so if you kind of, you're a manager, then that means that, you kind of don't need a director of football. Well, that's my understanding of the situation with the roles and stuff anyway. So, yeah, interesting times, interesting times. It's going to be, I suppose, an unsettling week um, or, or until we until we kind of get some answers as to what's going on. 
Yeah, and just finally on the, the managerial search, in terms of timelines, Ollie, have you heard anything or do you expect, you know, Salop go to Northampton on, on Saturday, do you expect a new manager to be in position or a new, as you said, head coach um, yes, to be in position by the weekend? Yes, 10 players have been training this morning, from what I understand. Um, Who is taking that at the moment? We don't, know. we don't know. Who's t- at this moment, I'm still asking the questions. Um still making phone calls to try and figure out who it is that's taking 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 that but what i do know is that they were training or were due to train this morning um so yeah i i would have thought that given the fact that in the statement yesterday they didn't name a caretaker manager or a caretaker boss that suggests to me that you know they will they will want to make a, a an appointment quickly and i would expect it to all kind of unfold uh, fairly soon to be quite honest with you yeah we'll watch your space on that one hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to bring some news on that salad fans um very very soon we're going to move away from the well been away from the field anyway we're going to move um, away from the field um and talk about some of the issues that come up from the Salop Supporters Parliament uh, last week which is what Ollie was in attendance for and Salop fans would have seen um quite a few stories that have come out on the back of that regarding um Salop Chairman Roland Witchley being keen to sell the football club and also the um, club are in talks with, with two potential um, parties. Um, Ollie, we're just going to talk about this briefly now before we go on to to answer some of the, the Salop fans' questions. As we said, they'd have seen your your stories. Um, it's something that has been sort of rumoured and known around the, the fan base and Shrewsbury Circus for a while that Roland Witchley potentially was looking to sell the club. Um, that was confirmed by Chief Executive Liam Dooley um, in the Supporters' Parliament. Uh, last week, um, some interesting quotes and comments in the in the piece that that, that you did. Um, basically, that Witchley wanted to sell, but he won't sell to the first person who who turns up. He want to find wants to find the right owner um, and the right fit for the football club. Someone who has local values. He's also talked about. Um, and then there's also the other story that you did about being in talks with two potential potential buyers. Um, this is really confirmation of something that has been sort of talked about in salop circles for quite a while, isn't it, Ollie? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. Um, is it a story that he's looking to sell the football club? Obviously, it's a story that we wrote because it was something that Liam Dooley, the chief executive, <laughs> yeah. said. But haven't they been looking to sell the club for quite a while? Um, I think this is probably the first time time on we've seen it in sort of black and white and down on paper and said by someone from within the club. I think it was probably known that he was trying to maybe get investment or, or sell. I know there was talk a couple of years ago, um, if I remember yeah, rightly. Um, but yeah, it's, this is the first time it's been sort of confirmed. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, so, I mean, to be honest, we don't know an, an awful lot more than what Chief Executive Liam Dooley said. We, we didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to ask any questions on that evening. I was there purely in an observatory capacity uh, and I kind of got his quotes from what he said and wrote stories from them um, it was the fans that were actually asking the questions on that day we kind of didn't get any more detail other than what exactly what he said uh, in that uh, supports parliament meeting um i seem to be quite impressed with liam dooley from the from what from what i've seen of him so far um, he seems to be quite a proactive um seems to be quite a proactive ceo um so yeah we yeah like i say we're aware uh, but i can't really say anything other than what was in those stories yeah. because it's just what liam dooley said so you know if he's saying that they're, they're in negotiations with two people then 
then yeah, we have to kind of suppose we have to take that at face value, don't we? That's what he's saying. So you you know, um, so yeah, um, that's pretty much where we're at really with it. There's not a fat lot else to add to to that fact. Obviously, there was rumours about Swedish takeover, but uh, obviously, I think that they've now gone and um, gone and bought Burton. So um, that's not the case. Um, the, the problem is, is there's an awful lot of rumours and there's an awful lot of information out, out in the public domain, some of which is, you know, bang on and accurate. And then, you know, there's an awful lot of, as people would say, fake news. Um, so the stuff out there that you've got to be so careful with kind of what you address and what you don't address. But yeah, I think we do understand that there were some Swedish people, um, Swedish people. There was a Swedish consortium that was interested in the club, but, but they have perhaps moved on in their interests. Um, yeah, so, yeah. the other point. Sorry, I'll go on. No, no, no that, that that was it. That was that was all I was really going to add. I, 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 I really, there's not a, a great deal more to say, to be honest, other than other than kind of what we've discussed already. To be honest, Johnny. The other point to come out of the, the supporters' parliament, something that um, um, Liam Dooley discussed before Christmas with the club's fan engagement panel, he said it had become necessary um, for him personally, meaning um, Roland Witchley, to support the club. Um, financially at this time. We knew that was the, the case before Christmas. Um, at the meeting on Wednesday, um, he also confirmed that the finance director, Duncan Montgomery, was also putting his, his own money into the club. I just want to read out um, two or three quotes from, from Dooley. But at the moment, with the situation we find ourselves in, there are two people within the boardroom that are financially supporting the club, and that is out there. The chairman, along with Duncan Montgomery, are the people who are putting money in every month to make sure we are sat here and we can pay the wage bill. And um, We are having these conversations. Should the right people come to fruition, of course, um, these things would move on, and that is the ultimate wish of the chairman. It has to be the right decision. And this is something that stems back to statements, Ollie, in the summer that we had on the back of um, obviously, Steve Cox left his club in the summer. There was the changing of, like we've already talked about, bringing in the director of football, etc., safeguarding the future of the, the football club, talking about financial positions. Um, what, what did you make of all that last week? Again, yeah, it's, it's not, not not a lot more than we already knew. Um, but what did what did you make of uh, of, of Liam Doobie's comments? Well, obviously, there's Duncan Montgomery that he's putting his money into the club as well now. Um, again, you know, I'm sure. You know the accounts are going to be interesting when they come out um as and when they do um so what do i i think the one thing i would like to clarify is lots of people tweet me this um and send me uh kind of stuff on 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 kind of what mickey moore said in the summer and and just just to kind of caveat i, I will say i will go on to add that there's, there's some things that are uh, uh, uh that are you know slightly just don't add up um to be honest but so when so mickey moore didn't he came i think the, the season had already started and he came out and, and said that there'd been an overspend in the budget um but then kind of said at the same time there's been an overspend in the budget but the budget is the same as last year and people use that as kind of a stick to beat mickey moore with uh, and to be fair, I'm not a, I'm not Moore's apologist, to be honest, but I'm just kind of trying to explain that the situation is, is, is if that has got lost in um, kind of, you know, the way he said it, that, that people don't quite understand it, then I'm going to try and explain it. You know, if your budget is £5 for a football season, at least I'm making these figures up, if your budget's £5 for a football season and you go over that budget and you spend £10, but so then... The budget is the same 
as the five pounds. Does that am I making sense there, Johnny, or am I confusing the crap? Yeah, so the budget for this season is what it should have been for last season. For last season. It's not what it ended up being last season, it's what it should have been. What it ended up being. Allegedly. And and I must emphasize allegedly. We don't know this, it's just what we're being told. Um, so and I feel like that is something that's used as a stick to beat um Mickey with, which is perhaps probably unfair because I've always understood what he meant. Um, so so that, that's just something I wanted to clarify. But what I do think is that it, it is what Mickey also said in that interview, and a few people have brought this to my attention, I think it's a valid, valid point, is that at that stage, he said that this budget is sustainable. You know, at that stage, he said, this is the budget that we have now or the one that was set for last year but was overspent, but this one is a sustainable budget and uh, you know, obviously, Roland said it this summer, you know, we can safeguard the future of our football club. But I suppose what's confusing is, well, if this is a sustainable budget, then why are two members of the boardroom bankrolling the club and financing it and putting their money in? Uh, because that suggests that this is not a sustainable budget. Um, so that kind of doesn't, the, the, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's a very it's a very I, I, valid point, isn't it? Um, valid point. Somebody said it to me on Twitter, and I was kind of like, and I looked at it, and I read it, and I thought about it, and then I thought about it again, and I thought, yeah, yeah, that's that 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 makes that make that does make sense. You know, if it is a sustainable budget, then well, why are why is the chairman being having to having to put money into the club? Yeah, no, it's a very valid point, and hopefully one that potentially I know we've we've sat down with Liam Dooley before, and I know you've sat down with Mickey Moore, and hopefully we'll again in the future. That's that's something that would be really good to get clarification on. Just before we come on to questions, Ollie, because um, we've got a few and we've covered a bit of it. Just wanted to we haven't touched on the January transfer window because everything's been about the manager, but we're obviously we, you know we're on the twenty second of January now that the window closes on the first of February. Um, a new manager isn't in place. Hopefully, it'll be in place by by Friday. Um, if Salah want to bring any players in in this window, it's going to be very late in the day, isn't it? Now, given the fact that the manager's changed, that that's you know changes almost the complexion of things. I know the system that they have with the director of football, etc., is different, but a new manager's obviously going to have a big say in whoever he wants to bring to the club. You know, I know that they want a striker. Um, is there is there been any movement on on that side of things? Well, I think- or has that sort of gone sort of by the wayside with the the what's gone yeah. on in the last 24, 48 hours? Well, I think if you're a player. You ain't going to a club that ain't got a manager, are you? No. Um, so I would have said that right now, Shrewsbury are not really in a position where they can be signing players because they haven't got a head coach. And it, well, if I was a player, I wouldn't be going anywhere that had got a head coach because how are you supposed to, you know, how are they supposed to, how, how are you supposed to have conversations and and kind of know that you're going to improve as a player if there's, there's no one there to have the conversations with? So I would have thought that is part of the reason why I would expect there to be kind of. Uh, the, the, the new head coach, the new manager is going to come in, he's going to assess the squad and they're going to want to do some business in the January transfer window. If it's uh, a lot of business or just a little business, I, I, I don't see it being, from what I gather, I don't see it being too much. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to have to, we're just going to have to wait and see as to what areas it will depend on who the manager is, what formation they want to play. You know, are we going to see a change away from this 3-5-2 or this 3-4-3 that we've seen so often this season? You know, um, yeah. So, yeah, interesting times ahead. Interesting times ahead. Yeah, um, a lot, a lot to go on in the next um, 
10 days or so. I'm going to come on to questions, Ollie, and we've, we've probably answered, you've probably answered two of the, the first three um, right there, and, and we've already answered this one. We're going to read it out anyway, because there is a, a, a statement or a question in here, which is quite interesting. It comes from um, Jay Tal. Why was Matt sacked um, after losing from home to second in the league? Days after the director of football stated he still had faith in him. It makes no sense. Either he went after Stevenage or not at all at this juncture. Something doesn't feel right. And then we've answered to all the, the timing of it, but that question is is very interesting. You know, Mickey Moore did say last week, you know, he still had faith in the manager. And then a few days later, after losing to, to one of the league's sort of favourites, he's gone. That it's almost that dreaded vote of confidence that we hear about sometimes in football. Yeah, I mean, Mickey Moore's never going to say he's not got confidence in him, though, is of he? Course. Like, it's, a, it's a question that he's asked that he has to give a certain answer to. I mean, he's in a no-win situation there, isn't he? He's not going to go to a supporters' parliament meeting on a Wednesday night and say, no, I don't have confidence in the manager, when he knows that that manager's going to be in the dugout on Saturday. He's just not He's not going to say that, does he? Um, is he? I mean, he's in an impossible position there. I suppose it's, the, you know, he's done, he's chosen to come and um, speak um, at the uh, supporters' parliament uh, and, and obviously there's an unfortunate timing um, to, the, to the way things are going. But until the decision has been made that he's going to move on, uh, the manager is, is gone, he has to have his full backing until it's out there in the public domain. Because otherwise, Matt Taylor's position there is completely untenable. So I, I do understand, like, I do understand the question. I mean, it's a very valid question, but it's the same as like when I asked Matt Taylor. I mean, as a journalist, there's so many questions that you have to ask that you know what the answers to are. You know, I asked Matt Taylor, do you think you can turn it around? Well, he's not going to say no. He's not going to say, no, I don't, yeah. do I? I'm going to go and quit, you know. You, and it, it happens all the time. You ask you ask people questions that you know what the answers are, but you just need them to say it. And, and that's it. Like, when, you know, uh, to be fair, I didn't think he was absolutely, like, universally kind of 100% yes. I mean, somebody asked him the question, for those that were the, at the supporters' parliament meeting, he was asked the question a couple of times, and the first time he didn't really answer it, and the second time he didn't. And then and then I think it was a, a lady called Helen, I think it was Helen, asked the question, and she proper kind of put him on the spot, and and kind of, and, and that was when we kind of we got that answer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, isn't it, um, at the end of the day? But I, I felt a little bit for him in that situation, because he's got to say... He's got to back his manager, hasn't he? He's got to back the person that he kind of he gave the job to. So it's pretty much a difficult situation. It's very difficult to see him answering that in any other way than kind of what he did. Yeah, uh, Paul Hewitt's got in touch, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask these two questions at the same time because there's one above which is about um, transfers. He's asked, do you think the club held off making signings in the window because Matt Taylor's job was on the line? And we've also got um, Harry Hill, not that Harry Hill, um, I'm sure. Whether he's a Shrewsbury fan or not, I don't know. Um, but he's got in touch saying, was Matt Taylor's sack and left too late considering we are now nearing the end of the transfer window? Um, he's got with no replacement in sight. That might change um, in the coming days. And no time to identify players who fit their vision. Um, the Fleetwood win looks like a red herring. Perhaps Matt Taylor should have gone after the Steelers loss. We've talked about that one, but have they left it too late in terms of the January window and absolutely maybe held off signing players? Yeah, so what was, was that, what was the first question again? So they've said, do you think the club held off making any signings in the window because Matt Taylor's job was on the line? Uh, no, no, I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think they were absolutely desperately trying to work... Um, Trying to get some get get some players through the door. I, I don't think it's got anything to do with Matt Taylor's job, to be honest. From from my understanding of the situation, it's purely the fact that I don't. From what I gather, 
and you never know whether this this might change but from what i gather is that i don't i don't think there were particularly going to be as many incomings as perhaps we first thought i think a couple of forwards was perhaps all that was perhaps going to go actually come through the door in the end um and i know that they were they were kind of going through the situation of do you stick with your targets and potentially miss them because um or 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 do you or, or do you go for go for, go for plan b do you go for kind of the second options so i know that oh, we know it's, i mean it's well known that they wanted the lad from palace and they wanted nathan fraser from from wolves didn't they um but unfortunately the other clubs were stalling on those kind of um on those deals uh because Wolves ain't got a striker, have they? Because, you know, for all the reasons, they've let two go out on loan, hangs at the age of cup, and and obviously they've got football. Uh, and then he scored, didn't he, which didn't help either. Um, Gary O'Neill said the other day, didn't he, that he's, he's not sure about kind of what what's going to happen. And I think that is the point, is that until Wolves know what they want to do with him, it's like it's easy, isn't it, when you know that a player, you want to send a player out on loan, like like Kieran Phillips um, yesterday. Um uh, Kieran Phillips, Killian Phillips, sorry, last year, um, you know, Palace just knew they wanted to send him out on loan. So he was in the building before January the 1st because, you know, he was never going to be in their first team squad. Um, but obviously that's not the case with these players here. Uh, and obviously there's a situation with the contract with um, the lad from Palace as well because they tried to get him to sign a new contract. Whether they will still be the targets when the new manager comes in, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, the other part of it, Ollie, was... Uh... You know, was the sort of sacking left too late considering we're now, you know, heading towards the end of the transfer window uh, with their new manager through the door? Um, I suppose that's, in terms of that one, it's quite difficult, isn't it? Because going into the January window, they were, they'd had a dreadful Christmas um, and they might have lost, you know, they lost maybe a couple of games at the start of the month. If you'd have turned it around then, obviously Matt Taylor wouldn't, wouldn't be having this conversation now. I don't think you can say it was too late or too early or, or whenever, you know, in terms of the trans window, because of the system, like we said, that should we've got in place with identifying identifying players. I just want to come on to another question. We've got two more left, another one from Harry Hill. Um, he's got a lot of questions today. We'll go with that one next. Um, considering the quality of the signings thus far, is it the structure of the manager that needed to go? Um, it's a big question. The structure was never going to go. It was always going to be the manager because it always is. Um, but yeah, big question. I'll pass that one to you, Ollie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I don't see a problem with the structure. I don't I don't see a problem with the structure. Um, I, I've said this before. I still don't see a problem with the structure. Uh, I think the structure is to try and provide some long term stability because you've got people in place. It's just not been carried out and executed well enough. But fact, that's my opinion. That's at this present at this moment in time, it's just not been carried out well enough. I have no issues with the structure whatsoever. I think it's I think the structure is fine. Um, I think the structure works. I think it works at other, other football clubs. Uh, technical directors, directors of football, they're everywhere at the moment. There's nothing wrong with the structure, in my opinion. Um, it's just not been executed well enough. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's succinctly put. Final question comes from Salop Dutch Corner. Do you think Matt Taylor signing Max Matter for 150,000, he's put in brackets 100,000 plus add-ons, proves to be one of his fatal mistakes? Max Matter, coming in the summer from Sligo Rovers, I think he scored one goal. Um, so far, is it one of his fatal mistakes, Ollie? Or yeah, um, um, I, I mean, I don't know where those figures are coming from. Um, but uh, I mean, the Max Matt signing's not worked, has it? So, so yeah, I mean, what what could you say? Yeah, I suppose. I, I, you know, 
Um, yeah, Max Matter at the, to this point has not worked as a signing for Shrewsbury Town, has it? That doesn't mean it's not going to, but at the moment it's hard to see, um, hard to see it working. Obviously, he started on Saturday at Peterborough, uh, kind of made an error, didn't he, for the for the second goal, uh, which kind of was just very costly in the end. At, at the moment, it's, yeah, it hasn't. He was he was a big, yeah, it was a big signing for Town, and 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 he's not and he's not worked. So, um, I mean, the statement that he's that that that. that 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 person there has made um, is potentially correct. Yeah. Thank you very much for your questions, Salop fans. Um, I've just I've been on social media, I've been on X or Twitter or whatever you call it. Um, there, Ollie, looking at the questions on your Twitter feed, and I've just clicked on Shrewsbury Town have announced that Aidan O'Brien has returned. Yeah, I was literally weeks. just about to tell you that. Um, yeah. Breaking news: conclusion of his loan spell at, at Sutton United. Um, that was announced eight minutes ago. Um, Twenty-nine appearances in all competitions with the U, scoring twice. Um, does he stay at the club now, Ollie, or go back out on loan, or is that all dependent on the new man through the door? Well, maybe the fact that the manager has gone is probably the reason why he's come back. That might be the reason. Um, you know, obviously it was it was the it was you know Matt Taylor and Mickey who kind of sent him out on loan at the start of the season. Um, maybe it was Matt Taylor that didn't fancy him. I may I, this this is just a complete and utter um, you know random random one, but yeah, it's just just an opinion. But maybe speculatory is that the reason? You know. Um, so we'll, I think it's hard to answer any questions right now. We just need to know, you know, I think once the, you know, once once we know what's going on with the head coach, we can start to ask or manager, we can start to ask questions, can't we, about 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 what's about what's going down and uh, kind of players signings and kind of everything. But uh, yeah, all very much up in the air at the moment. Yeah, there we go. Some uh, some breaking startup news for you. We've got one final uh, one final topic to talk about. Gonna, we always have a look ahead to uh, to the upcoming game, Northampton on Saturday. Ollie, I'm sure that's sort of out of the minds of of many at, at, at Salop at the moment and fans. They're you know, all focused on a new manager through the door. But as we said, it looks like and hopefully there will be someone in place um, for Northampton. And they've got a, a tricky a tricky trip on their hands. Northampton 10th in the table at the moment, but a, a real chance to you know, start on, on a positive note, you know, and you know if you can get a result there, a point or or a win, it just it changes the whole mood around the club, doesn't it? I suppose because it's it's very sort of bleak at the moment. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Results, results is everything, isn't it? You know, results can mask all manner of problems in in all in all walks of in all walks of football, can't they? So yeah, results are everything, uh, and getting it right on the pitch is the most important thing, and that's something that they need to do. Um, so yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to going to Northampton. Um, I think I have been there once before. You have, Ollie. You've been there with myself. You're yeah, a pre-season friendly. Pre-season friendly. I've been I've there once been before. That, so, yeah. um, that was yeah. a, that was a lovely hot summer's evening, which it won't yeah. be on Saturday. It'll be freezing. Yeah. The wind yeah. will be whistling through um, the ground there, as it always does. Uh, but yeah, big chance for Salem to get off on the right foot. Ollie, as always, thanks very much. Um, make sure you're uh, you're. You're bright and ready to go this week because you, you're, you're going to be in for a busy week, as are those behind the scenes at the club. I'm sure you Salat fans will be glued to social media and the Shropshire Star waiting for news of a potential new Salat manager. But Ollie, thanks as always. Um, changing of the guard coming at Salat. Hopefully it brings an upturn in fortunes. Thanks as always to your fans for listening to Shoes Views. And until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.